1: It's showtime, folks! Enjoy the show.
2: I'm doing well. I have Eggs. to go see *Suspiria*. I have to find a theater
0: and go see this movie. You have to find a theater. Way like- it's not
2: playing in that many places. The really the local, the local AMC here. There's starting this weekend. I get if I'd gone during the week, I yeah. might have been able to make it to like a six o'clock show. No, now the Friday has passed. It, it's starting this weekend. The it's playing on one screen at 9:15 p.m. That's it. Wow. So I've got to find someplace else because it's two and a half hours long. Yeah, I'm not starting that at 9:15. No, that's not smart. I that's mean, we're about. we're
0: gentlemen after all.
2: <laughs> so Are you gotta, yeah, I gotta go yeah. find it this afternoon. I gotta go find a theater so Andy and, and I can talk about
0: both versions of Suspiria because we, you're going to do that, right? There has been a call to action. For you guys yes. to do a very special a vsp a vse <laughs> yeah, yeah i guess it's very special oh
2: it's uh, special <laughs> <laughs> it's wackadoodle crazy yes it is uh, well we we did a couple years ago we did yeah. the uh, john carpenter thing and we went and saw you know john carpenter performing his scores live and we talked about that so since we had it was i guess like last year around this time we saw you know, the 1977 Suspiria. And I know he had been eager to do that as a, I think a series. He wanted to fit that in to do like both of those on the main show. And
0: yeah, right. That's funny.
2: (laughs) So, but then when I saw an opportunity to see Goblin perform the score live, I said, Andy, we have to do this. And he said, yeah, let's do it. And and it's right around the time that this, the new Suspiria came out. So now I got to find a place to go see it this afternoon so we can, uh, In the near future, record a little very disturbing episode about it.
0: Well, I can't I can't wait for the episode. Uh, (laughs) I'm still not entirely sure that Suspiria is going to be something for me for for any number of reasons. It sounds like like you really just pick one. It's going to be not my kind of movie. No, I I.
2: Wanted to know how like crazy it was, and I asked Andy about it, and he said, well, yeah, the original is 90-something minutes. This one's two and a half hours long. There's a whole lot
0: more crazy packed in there. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yeah. good. Well, I, I, I can't wait for you to find it, see it, and it, and it makes for a fine Saturday matinee conversation okay so
2: in addition to that i decided to to do something else to myself this weekend what's that so well i i i'm you know flicking around in netflix looking for something what did you what's just say there, you're flicking new?
0: around in netflix is that what you're flicking,
2: flicking around i'm flicking around because yeah, you, you know it's scrolling but you know you're hitting the button to click flick, whatever mm-hmm. in netflix and there's this orson welles thing there's the last movie he ever directed, The Other Side of the Wind, plus the documentary about that movie. So last night, I watched The Other Side of the Wind because I thought, let me watch the movie before I see the documentary. I don't want the documentary to taint my opinion of this movie. I don't want to have any preconceived notions uh about his his last film. So I watched The Other Side of the Wind. And oh, my gosh, this guy, this, he started this in like 1970. And I think it, the little text that scrolls by at the beginning, I think it was like five years he spent shooting this thing and gets, you know, all, it's like a Terry Gilliam thing. Like there's all kinds of financing issues and mm-hmm. legal issues that tied this thing up. And he passed away in 1985. So I, I start watching this and then I'm realizing this is shot in the early seventies. It's like full on Soderbergh crazy where he's got a film within a film. So the whole thing is John Houston plays this director who has made this film. So you actually get to see good chunks of the film that this director has made. But the whole sort of structure is it's his 70th birthday party. And the way that they chose to shoot it was sort of like a a documentary film crew or various media, you know, reporters and all this. So it's in this house and everything is like, I guess it's trying to go for like handheld, but because we, the equipment in the day, I mean, there's just lights all over the place and there's cables and (laughs) microphones and everything, but trying to get that right there in the moment. I mean, if he had had digital cameras like now, I mean, this is why I say it's Soderbergh. It's just so like off the cuff, feels like improvised light, just shooting to shoot stuff peter bogdanovich plays like this other director that's like his buddy it's insane <laughs> that he was trying this in the <laughs> 70s and it it just has this great feel to it this great like raw energy of you're just getting these snippets of conversations there's a larger story going it's amazing i don't think it it works quite as well as i hoped it would Uh, It's very much of its era, but just what he was trying to
0: accomplish is astounding to try to pull this off in the 70s. So that's I think that's a really interesting bit of commentary, particularly about Orson Welles. And and I think of it in the context You sometimes you see these movies and you think, my goodness, this director or this writer is out of their time like they were born at the wrong time. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And that when you like Orson Welles was making a certain kind of film because of the tools of the technology that he had at 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 the, largely influenced by what he had available to him at the time. What if you take those sensibilities and you add it to, you know, um, The technology we have today like what would orson wells have done with an army of uh of shooters with iphones you know what i mean oh yeah yeah Yeah. exactly i
2: mean there's
0: there's color footage
2: there's black and white footage and some of the footage is kind of grainy but there's other pieces and i'm assuming this is stuff that was shot and nothing ever happened because there's it's just such a clean digital transfer. I'm looking at this, I'm like this image is so clear. It looks like they shot this today, but no, these are actors from you know 40 years ago. And my wife is like, wait, I'm confused. Is that, who is that? That person looks familiar, but they don't quite look right. I'm like, well, yes, because this is, it's 2018, but you're seeing somebody from the 70s. It, it really messes with your sense of time with some of these, faces of that's a familiar face but it looks like a new movie but it can't be because they're not the right age for that yeah that's fantastic Bonkers, but yeah yeah, it's it's definitely worth seeing i think there's there's some issues with the the story he's trying to say a lot about hollywood and making movies and all that and I think maybe he needed a little bit more work on that story structure, but mm-hmm. overall, uh, just definitely worth seeing for what he, he pulls off. And then the film that's within the film, which is ca- actually called The Other Side of the Wind, yeah, is, uh, very much, uh, like Orson Welles going for like a late 60s, 70s, like youth culture thing. Uh, but that's what the director in the movie is going for. It's just lots of layers,
0: lots super of super meta.
2: Yeah. So uh, I, I'm going to try. Check out that documentary. to get a little insight into that. Just, you know, do a little bookend. That that's my other goal for this weekend.
0: You're a real, uh, uh, you're you're a real east right now. You're really, you're really jumping in. Uh, and yes. I don't, I don't have anything to live up to what you've done. But I, I have, I do have something to bring to the table. What What are you bringing? It's called. <laughs> This was, I have to say, this was totally new to me. It is both generally outside of my wheelhouse, but okay. also completely new to me. And I'm filling out a catalog here. It is oh, called no. He Knows You're Alone. Do, have, oh, have wait. You, I, I've have heard, heard of this. this. I've heard of this. Yeah. This
2: is, is this the, um, oh, tell me, because I'm going to just stumble around. What is this? Well, I know the name. <laughs> <I>
0: know. <laughs> it's, a, it's a slasher film. Right. Okay. Uh, it's a slasher film that uh, it comes from a, It was right after Halloween, and it, uh, it, it comes. It is is largely uh, credited with the being the. <laughs> this is not. This is not a great thing to be credited with. It's largely credited with being the first film to have been inspired by the success of Halloween. So. <laughs> It's the first oh, follower. It's the first okay. follower, right? It, okay. it stars Don, Don Scardino and uh, uh, Caitlin O'Hegeny and Elizabeth Kemp, and and uh, it, so a, a whole bunch of people that you you haven't heard from uh, much lately. James Rebhorn's in it. Dana Barron is is in it, uh, but it, it's also the first feature film debut of a very young Tom Hanks. <laughs> Oh my! Okay. <laughs> now I am I am not in the in the um, uh, camp of having even heard of this, uh, right? I I heard that it existed only last night and said, "Hey, this is a nice break from Once Upon a Time in America." <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so I'm going to watch this for a little bit, and I found it, and I need to share the link with it. It's not, it's it's not great, but it is really fun and and dumb to watch and uh uh it's one of the it reminds me so so much of uh you know movies that have stood on its shoulders it and its ilk's shoulders you know scream and uh it, it's like scream but if it was taken very seriously so so
2: you're you're treading in dark territory here you're at the 4.9 on the IMDb yeah. scale you're no, getting into not great this is...
0: it's not a great <laughs> film no, 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 uh, and and that is weird. When you say dark territory, I mean we're about to make the turn. I think there is an IMDb six star corollary, which is at some point <laughs> it falls so far below six stars that it's worth seeing again. Sure, and I don't know if I'm there yet. I don't know if I'm there yet. I think Tom Hanks brings a lot of weight to this, uh, uh, but uh, but I'm I'm getting dangerously close, dangerously close. <laughs> So, okay. Uh, right. it, this is one of those that is uh, right now. It is available on the service that is watching us at all the all times, knowing when we send people to the those links, <laughs> and then immediately <laughs> rips them. <laughs> From us. And so I'm not using, I'm not speaking its name in any sort of ill will. Just know a quick search. If you do it today, (laughs) you'll probably find it. But the act of me noticing it has made it, uh, has made, put it at risk. Okay, I, I looked for news, honestly, for other things that I was interested in talking about. And frankly, the only thing that comes up that is just it is just the fact that Hollywood is on fire, and yes. uh, but watching yes. you know the the West World and uh, most recently West World Western set, but the the yes. Warner Western set burn uh, is is uh, really sad. Uh, knowing that it's a set and people are expert at building sets, they'll get it fixed pretty quick, I yeah. imagine. But oh, wow. uh, it's really sad to watch and and um, to to watch the the damage that's going on in that area and. And uh, so
2: um, now did you see, did you see my little gift to our own little Tommy handsome? No. Did you send him a water bottle of some sort? No. Oh no, 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 no. He's uh he's uh moderate. Well, let me just say I'm, I'm prepping for our next trailer rewind episode. So I'm watching. So I watched uh, Scott Cooper's film hostels, ah, uh, yes. which uh, was somebody's trailer pick. Yours, maybe Andy's. I I can't recall right now, uh, but in that film, uh, which stars uh, Rory Cochran is a character named Master Sergeant Thomas Metz.
0: I didn't know that. Yes. I, I still haven't seen it. I think it was actually my pick, but I still haven't seen the movie. So I heard him say Thomas like, Sergeant, you know, Christian Bale's like, oh, Sergeant Metz or
2: whatever. Then he calls him like, he says, Tommy. And I'm like, wait, this guy's name is Tommy Metz. This, 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 this is too strange. What is going on? So There's I checked. No yes. I've thought of all the things. He's made his mark on Hollywood out there. They're naming, you know, minor characters in <laughs> films after him now.
0: <laughs> That's fantastic. I think we should yeah. start calling him Master Sergeant. I think we should. Noted. I've got to okay. find a way to change his nickname in oh, Discord. Wait, we'll do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, what you, would you think? Was, uh, did, it, did, it, did it meet your expectations? You have to wait for the trailer rewind oh, for that. Come on, man. I'm an no, it's, insider. It's,
2: it's 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 Scott Cooper. Yeah. It's Scott Cooper. I, yeah. I haven't seen any of his other things, unfortunately. Uh this one I I did enjoy. It's uh it's I, I guess I was feeling in the mood for a western. And this one delivered what I needed. And it's got a really, really uh a lot of familiar faces in here. Uh it's it's basically a road trip mm-hmm. story. You know, so you've got lots of sort of little episodes along the way and a lot of little Familiar faces that show up, but uh, definitely worth it. Uh, it's on Netflix. Yeah, check it out. I think uh, not one for the kids. No, definitely not, not one for the for kids. The kids
0: but, but not one for but, the kids. Uh, the I, it time. is. It is what I've actually been waiting for. It. I need to finish that. That helps me complete the catalog. His next film is a fantasy horror thriller. Uh, that I've I that crossed my screen, I don't know, two, three weeks ago that um, somebody sent me the, the link to it because it's another. It's a small town, Oregon teacher. So anytime the word Oregon seems Oregon? to be. Yeah, Oregon, uh, a small town, Oregon teacher and her brother, the local sheriff, become entwined with a young student harboring a dangerous secret with frightening consequences. uh So, you know, who knows? It's based on a short story called The Quiet Boy, but it stars Carrie Russell, Jesse Plemons. Jeremy Thomas, Oh, okay. love that Carrie Russell, Graham yeah. Greene's in it, and oh. Rory Cochran. See, okay, reprising his role. No, I mean, he's not. He's, <laughs> he plays somebody different. He's not. Not Tom That's Uh, Amy Madigan. Amy Madigan's oh, in it. It's wow. a good cast, right? Yeah. Antlers. Be on the lookout for antlers. Okay. Uh, anyhow, uh, that's that's what I got. Uh, shall we do trailers? We shall. You need to, you need to talk about the zoo. I need to talk about the zoo. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Because just when you think there's not a new way to handle zombie movies, somebody comes up with, with this, which is at first, I wasn't quite sure if we were dealing with zombies because we have a husband and wife in their apartment and they, they're talking about sort of going into lockdown mode and, Talk, what you know how to prepare if if they if they try to come in and i thought well who's they what's going on uh so we have a little uh, small you know i guess going full independent single location as far as i can tell with a small cast take two people put them in a small apartment and have something horrible going on outside. And then, of course, some people show up that need help. So they let this other couple in. And now it becomes the tension of, well, wait, this is our place. Maybe we shouldn't let these people stay here. They've been here a while. They're eating our food. And then, of course, the couple that's moved in is thinking, you know, we could just kill them and take their place and have this stuff for us, creating some really intriguing dynamics, all, of course, with, you know, zombie apocalypse going on outside. This is Zoo, de- written and directed by Antonio Tublin, which I do not know his stuff. He's a Swedish filmmaker. Uh Trying to find this on cool. IMDb is really difficult because just, it's just called Zoo. It's terrible. What do you other search zoos, for? And then it's Zoolanders and Zookeeper's Wife and <laughs> all kinds of things. So it will come really up. So it's really challenging. It, you have to like search for Zoo, exact match. And then there's another z- movie called Zoo coming out in 2018 as well. Um this one I don't know when it's going to show up. It's only played uh it came out October 5th, played a festival. That's really all I have. It was the Digs STIGES Digis Film Festival. Uh that's all I've got on this. But it this looks like the perfect trailer rewind movie for i don't know if j it might give jj a heart attack i don't know uh, but i love just a film that's so character focused i am you know cautiously optimistic because something like this you can get a little uh, repetitive what do they have a good story arc for these characters but
0: throw in zombies I'm all in for something like this just looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. You know what I like about the trailer is that it it doesn't appear like they're trying to do anything to cure the zombie apocalypse or find the humanity in the zombies, which is dumb. Right. They're just set in a universe (laughs) in which zombies exist. And uh, something's
2: happened. Yeah. They just they just need to, you know make it through day to day here's the thing like, though like I mean, normal people yeah.
0: part part of what ends up i, I think where a, a lot of zombie stories end up going uh, like like taking a hard left uh into some some territory that we really don't that, that really doesn't connect as well is when they start down this sort of moral road of look look at all the zombies and still the most dangerous thing is us Right. Yes. And, and yeah. you get this in The Walking Dead. Oh, my goodness. That that sort of what was it? The, the Negan pivot in season seven, eight was it was just was really hard. I mean, they even lost the sort of lost their way earlier in season three, four when when they forgot that the, we're showing up for the zombies people like we're showing up for for how you exist in the zombie And they went so hard into the man versus man kind of. Uh, yes. And they, they sort of forgot why. Why the the whole thing exists this movie um i I think i don't know it'll be interesting to see how they navigate that because it is uh, on the surface looking at the trailer it is that story right it's these people prepping for living in this universe with zombies and then they meet other people and it's them versus the other people it's suddenly becomes that kind of a game and I, i don't know how interested i am in that but it's got the zombies and so i'm gonna be there oh yeah I don't have high expectations. This is a Saturday afternoon. You know, I'll put it on. I'll watch it. And maybe
2: I'll be pleasantly surprised.
0: Well, and it's otherwise. an 8 currently on the IMDB scale with a 5 a stunning 5 people showing up to rate it so far. So uh <laughs> and let's see one of those is Antonio Tublin, and the other one <laughs> Zoe is Tapper Zoe and Tapper and Ed, and, Ed Ed and Ed Spillers. Yes. 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 Uh <laughs> anyhow. Uh no, I'm I'm actually looking forward to it. I can't believe you beat me to it this week. This seems right up my alley. If JJ has a heart attack, I'll be there. Okay. All right my trailer yours is
2: just yours is just as messed
0: up yours is more disturbing than mine oh yeah yeah i'm actually oh, sort of surprised that um you didn't get mine uh this comes from director writer director daniel goldhaber uh it's uh daniel's first feature film uh written by uh, uh daniel and isa mazey uh, and it stars uh, the young and talented Madeline Brewer uh, now you think to yourself, Madeline Brewer who's this Madeline Brewer <laughs> well Madeline Brewer <laughs> had her her debut uh, in Orange is the New Black uh, and uh, went on to Stalker uh, the TV series she did she's been a, in a bunch of Hemlock Grove and a little bit of Grimm uh, she's all over the place, she's most re- recently uh, you will have seen her in The Handmaid's Tale, so she's in a bunch of stuff and she's in a bunch of really good stuff. Uh, and now she's in cam and it's a weird story. She plays a cam girl uh, uh, like working in porn where she um you know you know how cam cam works right? People no, you, we don't explain explain this? I us. don't know. I mean I have I've been I've been told by a millennial uh how this works. Uh and so apparently she uh her, her she's been replaced. Um, she tries to log into her account one day and There's somebody else that's her already in it and doing some very strange things as her. Uh, And so it is a a story about uh, social media. It's a story about um, identity, what identity means, uh, you know, in this age of of voyeurism. Uh, It it looks pretty violent. It's from Blumhouse. uh, And... um, So that it says a lot right now. It's cruising at a firm seven on the IMDb six star uh, rating scale with 192 people uh, reporting in who have seen this. Um, Not only that, uh, it's gotten some um, some notoriety. I mean, it it premiered um, at Fantasia International Film Festival. It won their best first film and best screenplay. Uh, and so it's got a little bit of uh, awards credibility coming, uh, behind it. So it looks really good and it's coming right, right, right up. In fact, uh, if you want to see it next week, you can November 16th, it premieres, um, on Netflix. You know what? I even have this wrong. It looks like it's already on Netflix. You can go get it on Netflix right now if you want to see it. So yeah, I can pull that up right now. You can pull that up right now today (laughs) and see this. So,
2: all right see you later go. I'm going to watch this. Yeah. No this is, well see you missed, you missed one piece. What's that? You, you failed to mention it, all the things about social media, identity, but her drive to have better ratings. You know, it's yeah. like she fakes her she she cuts her throat. I mean prosthetics and all of this, you know, special effects, but to do shocking things to get the better ratings that's that's driving her towards this and I think that plays into at least from the way the trailer presents it, it's after pulling the stunt like that, that her account gets taken over by someone else. So I'm I'm really curious about what this is going to attempt to say about this whole drive for, you know, always upping the game uh, to do something more extreme, more shocking for these, you know, whether it's, it's the cam industry or even just, I I would translate this to, you know, the, the YouTube uh, channels and the, you know, the drive to, Keep your viewers and you know, ratings—all those things that lead us to do, you know, ridiculous, embarrassing things to, to get this attention. So I'm, I'm really intrigued yeah. by this one. It looks really disturbing. So I, yeah, I don't know when I'm gonna sit yeah. myself down for that. And what is very interesting is I was looking to see that. I know there was another trailer you were considering picking, and if you had picked that one, you would have also been talking about Madeline Brewer because she is also in captive state. Which I know. You were considering as a trailer pick, so I, she's just she's all she's over she's the like, place all the time. She's well, yeah, with really interesting projects. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think really? she is. I think it's yeah. it's going to be interesting. This film, I, I wasn't sure what to make of it. You know, it, 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 when I the trailer s- spins up, it's it looks like a movie that it is. It, it turns out not to be. So, yes. um you know, I I was fascinated by it, and so I, I think it's probably worth seeing. I was wrong. Uh, I was wrong twice in a row. Uh, I was actually right, then wrong again, then right again. It actually opens <laughs> on Netflix November sixteenth. So, uh, okay, tight for a few so more days, you can't see it. Can't You're see not allowed it. to see it for next a few week. More days. Next, next Friday. Week. So we could talk about it next Saturday. We could. We probably won't. Who are we kidding?
2: I don't know. You You just just schedule time and say, I'm going to watch this Friday night. Family, go do something else. I'm going to go watch a cam girl.
0: (laughs) 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 And then explain that one to your kids. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. All right. Let's talk about the list. Oh, this list. This week. How'd you do it to us? The list uh, was...
2: um... Did I pick the right thing? Because I think it was... I didn't check yesterday to make sure there wasn't like... As we have here in Arizona's election, some last-minute ballots coming in that are flipping
0: things around. So, oh I, no, I I stopped we're, when we're, I saw it was a uh, typecasts, uh, right? Yes, it was actors okay. who have been from, and we, we were talking about it based on uh, "Once Upon a Time in the West," the casting of the fantastic Henry Fonda as the bad guy uh, as an actor working against type. And so we decided to look at what are our what are our favorite movies, or I, I would even say for me, I was just not even our favorite movie, but our my my favorite surprise in seeing an actor. Play uh, a character that is that is so wildly wildly against what I expect of him. Not not even that it was necessarily a favorite. Uh, so yes, uh, so yeah, that's where I, I ended you know, these
2: up. are yeah these are the surprises uh, the the like, yeah the the pleasant surprises things that worked for for one of them. We'll see. I've got some backups here because I I don't know what turf we're going to get into with everybody here. Uh, but there, there's one that is uh, it it changed my opinion about an actor really. So,
0: yeah so fantastic well i look forward to hearing that i uh would you like to do the honors today
2: okay oh where do i start with this one cuz i I'm, I'm trying to bring all right i'll start with the fringe one the one that m- people probably haven't seen i'll, okay. I'll start us off with all that right. that's that's my safety and i i don't think you're going to steal this one i hope and then we we can battle it out further well you're so. going
0: first so i can't steal it yet i mean
2: no but my other ones that i haven't got to i'm i'm Leaving these open to to theft for okay. you, so All we right. will see. But this one, uh, I'd heard a lot about this, and I do have a a trend when I look at my list. I have a lot of actors that are known for comedy that then go into dramatic roles as mm-hmm. a sort of as their career matures. Uh, this one, it's a really, uh, it's not a pleasant film to watch, but to see Steve Carell in Foxcatcher. Hmm. Uh, was just I. I mean, there's there's some pr- prosthetics on his face, um, but just I, there you can't even see Steve Carell in there at all. And hmm. it's a film that I'm I'm glad I watched. It's a it's a story that fascinates me, and it was nothing that I would have ever expected to see him in at all. And it's just one that really caught me off guard. That uh yeah, I I view him in a completely different light. Seeing what he is able to just pull off, just oh, sort of just creepy, weird. Oh, and it's it's such a great film. I mean, a great cast. You've got Steve Krell Channing Tatum, and Mark Ruffalo, um, just pulling this movie together. But it's not an entertaining story at all. I mean, it is. It's I guess I can't say I enjoyed this film. It's one of these. I'm glad I watched it. I But it's so dark and and depressing and tragic. Uh, And to say, oh, it's Steve Carell, you know that guy from The Office. You just what? This does not make does not compute at all. But he works so well in this role Mm -hmm. as um, John Dupont. So that's my first.
0: That is a that's a great pick. That was actually a steal for me. That was that was high on the list. Yeah, yeah. Well, well done. Um, Mine. My first one is a film from 2000, and I, I need to I I need to figure out where this came in this actor's uh, canon, right? At, right around 2000. It's an actor who's done a lot, a lot, a lot of of things, and I don't recall seeing this actor ever do a film quite like this. His he tends to approach roles with a, a fairly similar, uh, we'll say, demeanor. Uh, and so when I saw this film, when I see his character, this fine, fine doctor, uh, Norman Spencer, uh, when he turns into uh, a murderer at the end, staging a suicide of his uh, fine wife, Claire Spencer, in Robert Zemeckis's What Lies Beneath, uh i was uh, i was genuinely floored not necessarily because i didn't see the twist coming but because it just seemed like such a crazy thing for harrison ford to do with his career uh it, it seemed very strange i enjoyed the movie uh it's it, it, it w- isn't one of my favorites but i just love seeing harrison ford in that role when he has that that little monologue with his wife uh and she is uh paralyzed in the tub as it's filling up uh and he he's describing to her why it was so hard to to lay in the cold water in the bathtub himself per- pretending to have been electrocuted i was just really i, I was really floored uh, by that performance and it was written by uh clark Gregg, agent colson did you know that
2: i did not and i have okay. never seen this one <gasps> well now i've no. spoiled it no that's fine <laughs> <laughs> it's not one that was high on my list and there was something about the trailer for this one that just made me. Look, I was just, I don't, what makes, what's pulling me to see this? I love Harrison Ford, but it just felt like, ah, what is this story really well, about? Well, it's like anything else. I mean, and I don't yeah.
0: think the trailer did a good job of saying, I mean, because yeah. the trailer is all about the mysticism, right? And, and, yes, you know, all of these yeah. movies, there is mysticism, and then there's what really happened. And the trailer focuses right. on the mystery. And if you're not grabbed by that, then you're not grabbed by anything but in this movie it is a, a a pretty fantastic little twist uh in our main character and definitely it, it's it's funny because it's not like he goes into this crazy like he's not wearing age makeup he's not this yeah. other character it's it's harrison ford he's just doing right. the same stuff but as a bad guy and right. i i okay. found that really uh really good so uh, there you go what lies beneath 2000 okay What's your number two? Is
2: bad guy. Uh okay, let's see. I will I'm gonna flip this around and I'm gonna go with a uh person known for drama that, that that ventured into comedy. And uh this wasn't her first attempt at comedy, but I think this is one of my favorite. Uh when when, you, when Meryl Streep decided I'm tired of being serious and I'm gonna do something silly. Uh, when she teams up with Albert Brooks in defending your life, it is, I, I don't want to say it's a guilty pleasure around this house because I don't think we should feel guilty about it. I think it's just an overlooked one. And I know if you're not an Albert Brooks fan, uh, this may not be your thing. But uh, for me to see this side of Meryl Streep and just to see her let loose and having fun in this story just made me appreciate her talent that much more. And for me, it's just a really uh, uplifting and positive story about sort of overcoming anxieties and fears and, and really embracing life to the fullest and uh, i think she just did a, a great job with working with albert brooks on this one
0: i think so too and and actually that's one of those that's on my list uh uh and uh, but that was on my list but it, because of the andy nelson can't talk about the films we've done on the show rule i felt like i was yeah, limited I to do it there is in fact <laughs> is is there another uh film by let's just say an actor in that movie that makes it to your list Is there another another film? Oh, another actor
2: in defending your life that's on your list. list? Yeah, can I say this? There is. Okay, then I'll then I'll stop talking.
0: No, 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 that's
2: fine. Well, okay. So if we're going to do the Andy Nelson role, then I could also say the other comedy that Meryl Streep was in. It was uh, the uh, Death Becomes Her. Yeah, uh, is is another one uh, that I you know if I. But again, Andy's not here. No, he's, he's not here.
0: I just want to make sure that I'm I'm living up to the expectation because we'll hear His about it when we screw it up. <laughs> oh, oh, I know. We'll, we'll
2: hear about it because he already called us both out on the whole yeah. uh, in the name of the father. Thing. Oh, yeah. So, no, that
0: was a real treat. Yeah. That's a real yeah. treat. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Well, I'm going to you know hold off until just, He can just bonus. do the show by himself next week. That's what he can do. Uh, okay. Uh, well, right. uh, then I'm going to do uh, my next one, which I, I will also do uh, just to rile him up that he wasn't here to do it himself. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> can, I, can I do that? And uh, that is sure. the, uh, uh, the very young. And this is – you can now imagine why I ended up watching He Knows You're Alone going down this rat hole because I was researching Road to Perdition. Uh oh. you remember this one? I've 2002. I've seen it. You have not seen yes. it. Oh, Sam no. Mendes did this film and it's uh it's a it's a mob story and as it happens yeah. Tom Hanks uh he plays the young uh Sullivan, Sullivan the hitman and there is some amazing work done in this movie. Uh it is just a a beautiful um uh, adaptation of the the original graphic novel and uh when the you know oh, my goodness when the the characters the the mob sort of i don't even want to talk about it because i really want you to to see it but the the mob goes out into the street in the rain and tom hanks is standing in the dark and he just lays waste to them in a beautiful slow motion it's a tommy gun kind of a sequence and <laughs> and uh i i i find it uh really uh terrific uh to to watch and um you know tom hanks paul newman daniel craig like you you can't you can't no, really I, go wrong with these people so uh, no i and i think i
2: suffered from the oh there were certain expectations and there was a little bit of uh, i don't want to say backlash it just lots of talk about how this failed to live up to expectations at that time and i don't know if that was uh fully on Tom Hanks or Sam Mendes or, or where things went, but I just remember this one being, oh yeah, it's okay. Uh but I'm looking at the cast. I'm looking at seven point seven, you know, stars. Yeah. Okay. And again, I think perhaps one that now that I've got some distance from it, worth revisiting. But again, it just isn't one that comes up a lot of like,
0: oh, this is an overlooked gem that people have forgotten about. So
2: Oh, no, it I'll really doesn't come
0: up. It's it's for me. It just yeah. comes up as a good movie. It's not a. Yeah. It's not a It's a movie I really enjoyed, and it, and yeah. uh, I think it's worth seeing. There are some beautiful sequences in it, and, um, uh, and 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 again, you know. So that's how I end up down this this little yeah. rabbit hole. That that Tom Hanks, I I remembered this movie, and I thought, wait, has Tom Hanks ever played a killer in any other movie? And then it, that led me to. Oh. Uh, uh, he knows you're alone and he's not the killer in that movie. I should say, uh, but I really okay. wanted him to be. And so I watched it. <laughs> I was disappointed. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's my number two. What's your number one? How do you See, even you choose? Just, yeah, I know. Well, cause you, I had Tom Hanks, but I had Tom Hanks in Philadelphia as oh, the other, Yeah, you know, no,
2: I hear that. but, but, but that's one that, you know, I think a lot of people expect. Yeah
0: that one Um, you know maybe i okay well i wish you had seen road to perdition so you could tell me if you think that's a this is a fair pick so no i think it's i think it's a fair pick i think
2: for me it was philadelphia was the first time he really tackled something you know a little bit darker and more dramatic uh but i i agree playing a villain or you know something it is definitely still unexpected for time. Even in Philadelphia, it's like, well, yes, he's, here's a comedian, a guy that's known for comedy, doing drama, but still a likable guy. Mm-hmm. And in Road Roadster Perdition, is he a likable guy? Or is he just, you know, a, a bad guy or a, I guess an anti-hero?
0: Yeah, right, right. Type of thing. Okay, well, I've got two on my list. All right, well, well so you we're know we're going to have one. to have a, a significant uh, bonus round because I have a whole bunch I'm not done <laughs> listing. All right, well, I'm, I'm going to move that one over the
2: bonus round. I'm going to talk about this one because as I alluded to earlier, there's one, and I don't want to necessarily say casting against type, but for me, it was a different challenge for this actor, uh, a different type of role, and again, something that really changed my opinion of him because there there's some... There are some actors that just, you know, are known for sort of playing themselves. It's like, you cast this person, you know what you get. They're going to be a box office draw because they're just, they play themselves, basically. Mm -hmm. And for me, when Oliver Stone cast Tom Cruise in Born on the Fourth of July, I saw a different Tom Cruise. I saw an actor that was going outside his bounds. Uh, Here here wasn't the glamorous, you know, you know, uh, martini twirling guy from cocktail it wasn't the charismatic fighter pilot from from top gun here was somebody that really went on a gritty ugly journey and for me to see tom hanks make that transformation uh he earned my respect at that point and i think he's gone on to prove his range but for me this was a key pivot point mm-hmm. because it's not the type of role I had expected him to take on. Uh, and for me, that's why well, I'm going to put him on my list for this one. That's a good one. Most people, most people will expect collateral because he's yeah, doing I was just the whole like that. I'm the bad yeah. guy thing. But for me, it was really born on the 4th of July was a, a big pivot.
0: Yeah, no, I think opinion, so too. Yeah. I think that's the that's the one uh, for me too that that changed the way I think about uh, Tom Cruise. Although I I am a big fan of of his portrayal of Vincent the sociopath. I, I'm with you. I think I would have put uh, Fourth of July on there too. Although I haven't, you know, I know uh, I haven't gone through his catalog in One Rush ever. Uh, oh, Andy did didn't so, Andy just? Yeah, I that? think he just did oh, that. So I'd be interested to know clothes? kind of what yeah. uh, you know where that. Lands, um, my final one. I th- I think I'm going to do a little bit of a twist too. Um, I'd I'd like to talk about Clementine Krasinski, uh, but this is a, this is maybe our entree to bonus picks because I think I get a twofer on Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind. Oh yes, um, yeah, you do. It- everybody talks about yeah. jim carrey and his his yeah. sort of dramatic turn here which is absolutely notable as a as casting against type for him but he he then went on and did some other things that i i think were uh you know lovely and dramatic and dark and and um, you know trying to fill the shoes of that uh of, of kind of the the empathy and that That Robin Williams brought to his dramatic career. And I think he mm-hmm. I think he could have done it uh, in a way that was a little bit more consistent, like williams did. and i'm 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 curious to see kind of what comes next as he's back on screen again. Um uh, but, this movie really shines as a uh, a showcase of two actors that were doing um, exactly that like being cast deeply against type right uh, Kate Winslet I think people forget just you know kind of where she was in in her career at the time and and um, uh, you know she's this this character this sort of flibbertigibbet. gibbet Character of, of hers was, uh, was just lovely and beautiful and crush worthy, and um, you know, it was that that sort of id ego, um, pairing of the two of them. I think was, uh, was just deeply satisfying in in a movie that's as kind of. Uh, that that comes with such depth as this one does and so i uh, i really love celebrating her uh, role in this and i think uh, you know jim carrey often uh, gets gets too much too much of of the credit that should be shared between them oh i i wholeheartedly agree
2: this film depends on both of them carrying this um but <laughs> when i saw this in the theater and I will never forget that this totally encapsulates what people's expectations were for Jim Carrey because there's a yeah. scene very early on where he like, he gets up, he goes out, sees his car or whatever, you know, is trying to get to work and the train is there and he's rushing to get in the train and the doors close on him and he's sort of stuck and people start chuckling like, oh, it's Jim Carrey doing physical comedy. This is funny. And it lasted for all of like two seconds before they realized, oh, wait, no, this isn't. This is the other yeah. side of comedy, the, the the tragic side of things. We and laugh it was, because it hurts. Right. right. But <laughs> they were expecting like, oh, look, he's going to do something silly. And no, this is not that film at all. And you can sort of feel the air get let out of the room in those first few minutes of like, oh, this isn't going to be wacky Jim Carrey. This yeah. is something much more to it. And I agree. Yeah, this is Kate Winslet, you know, known for like, you know, period dramas and, much heavier material, and here, as you said, sort of the the this lighter side to her. Yeah. That uh, yeah. I haven't seen this in a long time. It's one I need to revisit. I I just just enjoy relishing the, the the memory of seeing it. The I think in the theater, and then when it first came out on DVD, and it's been a while. And I I I I don't want to find flaws in it now. So that's why I'm reluctant because I love it so much, and I'm I'm torn between. Falling in love with it again or saying, oh, yeah, but here's these issues. And yeah. so that's why
0: I'm, I'm reluctant. But Yeah, don't I, don't see it. Don't see it. Don't mess it up. <laughs> just love it. Because that's such just a meta it. way to approach this movie, right? Like <laughs> about it's how a I movie about yes. memories and you could just let those memories just wash I in your mind. I, yes, I could. You know, uh, yeah. I, I should say um, there is because uh, the young uh, uh, Elijah Wood was in that movie yes remember yes. that yeah the man without a face elijah a wood while. also made my list in another movie uh which was sin city as kevin the cannibal uh which... oh it's been forever since i've seen that yeah that I was that I was remember
2: him in that high okay.
0: on my list yeah with the glasses he's the buttoned up and yeah. uh, oh, oh oh man that was uh, again an against type thing but elijah wood has gone on and done some other things that are against type so um, oh yes yes he has what <laughs> yes what else has. was on uh, what else? run uh, run through uh, your uh, list of extras i, I had I, I just had albert brooks in drive yep, and that for was me a, it was yeah. that was
2: a surprise for two reasons one hadn't seen albert brooks in anything in a while and two hadn't seen albert brooks just play that type of character before where it's like oh you do have this other side where have you been? Uh, I would like to see more of this please Uh, that's, that's, that's the extent of my list because I started it started just going on and on and I said let me cut it to these these few here. Um, uh, I, my wife, I did discuss, uh, going back to Death Becomes Her, mm-hmm. Bruce, Willis, Bruce Willis, because yeah. that often, often shows up. But as I, as we discussed, actually Die Hard was Bruce Willis playing against type because he was known for TV comedy in Moonlighting and to cast him as an action person. That was not what he was known as at yeah. that time when he was cast in Die Hard. So Die Hard is really the cast against type for Bruce Willis. And then to me, Watching him in in uh, Death Becomes Her was oh no no that's that's the moonlighting side of of Bruce Willis that I
0: recall yeah so do you do you feel any uh, sort of remorse that we didn't put a Monster on there Charlize Theron haven't seen it oh okay there
2: you go again one of those where I'm like that's going to be an unpleasant experience I don't know when I'm ready to
0: to put myself through yeah. that. Well, and I, but, I haven't yeah. seen Destroyer yet, which is uh, the, you know, I oh, didn't the, get uh, Nicole Kidman's, That was a uh, trailer pick. So, yeah, yeah that, that could be that's going to be on be there. I, the only other yeah. uh, the, the things that were a little bit easy were uh, obviously Tom Cruise's Vincent and Heath Ledger yeah. as the Joker, which is uh, one of those sort of legendary yeah. performances, but also gets a lot of press uh, already. And I don't think people remember some of the movies that we've talked about on this list as well. Um, and, and I had yeah. I. I I also feel guilty that I didn't get any Adam Sandler on here because I think, uh, you know, Punch Drunk Love I, I and Rain consider Over Me. That,
2: yeah, y- I consider
0: you know. Punch Drunk Love, but I haven't seen it in such a long time.
2: And I remember being a little disappointed with that movie. And so I, I've been thinking about revisiting because it's I don't think I've seen it since I saw it in the theater. And I do recall... Adam Sand- It was definitely a different Adam Sandler, but I, I don't know that I can recommend that movie. I got to revisit that one and say, does this hold up? Is this really,
0: yeah, worth? Well, did you did you see uh, Rain Over Me? No, uh, I did not. Uh, this it. is a Mike Binder film. Uh, Binder or Binder. I don't know. I'm probably messing it up uh, with Adam Sandler and Don Cheadle and uh, Jada Pinkett Smith, and and um, it again is a uh, a lovely. A uh, little performance from Adam Sandler, and and See, I, think I think we're that, I
2: categorize that as in the "We're Trying Hard for Oscar Bait" movie, and I just didn't know if it
0: really merited. Well, if you're, if it was if, like emotionally yeah. manipulative melodrama, yeah, I, I don't know. Well, yeah. I, yeah, I totally see that. I, you know, if yeah. you, the, the thing is, if you like, you're gonna like Don Cheadle and Jada Pinkett Smith because you know yeah. they're likable people. The thing is, are you open to Adam Sandler doing these kinds of roles? And if you can see yeah. him not as the, um, uh, as the, you know, college humor guy, um, yeah, you know, if if you're if you're there, you you'll you yeah. might see something in, of warmth in this performance because it's it's. It's quite something. So,
2: oh, and that was the other thing. This was the let's use nine eleven as yep. a that was storytelling, and, and i I just struggle with that. Of let's use that. because you're to me, it's like a a shortcut to just tapping into emotions rather than earning it. You're just going to be like, well, this is easy to we're going to bring this up, and that's going to just do a lot of work for me. That yeah, I and know you know the problem
0: with that is that that uh, first of all, I think I almost think too soon.
2: Yes. it was this yeah. film
0: was in 2007 and I think you know making it a narrative device you could have chosen anything. you could have made it a fictional trauma mm-hmm. right this is a story right. of recovery of trauma and and it could yes. have been anything and uh, they made it 9 11 and I think that's a that that was possibly a mistake so you, there's a yeah. lot to look past uh in yeah, this okay. movie but um but again if you're if you want to see an interesting against type performance that's uh that that's one to check out. There okay. you go. Nice, uh, nice list. Yeah. This was hard yeah. because of the, uh, for for me, because of the, this was a curse of riches list. There were a lot yeah. of wonderful yeah. performers who took on some difficult roles. So there you go. So here we go. We okay. have to talk about next week. Have you seen? No. You have not seen this movie. Oh. Duck you sucker? This is duck you oh. sucker. Or uh, Fistful s- of Dynamite. Or Once Upon oh, yeah. a Time Ellipses, The Revolution. Right. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, that puts us in a in a challenging place here. There is one that I think is a lock. Uh there's one category that is is a lock. And the, early in the film, uh our a young Rod Steiger is uh as a, a he plays a Mexican peasant and he is thrown onto this this super beautiful shishi uh, carriage, and in the carriage you have representatives of the elite, right? You have a priest and a rich woman and a uh, uh, like a, some sort of a I don't know businessman, something like that. They're all eating this lovely meal as they uh, careen across Mexico in on, in this horse trailer, and it's a an incredible horse trailer, and. He gets on here and he's forced to sit in the back and watch oh. as Sergio Leone <laughs> does exercises what I call uh, this ASMR food porn uh, where... <laughs> He puts the camera okay. right close up to mouths as people eat stuff. And all you hear is the smacking. I mean, it's, it, if you have a food anxiety, this is a tough sequence to get through. <laughs> and so okay. I was talking to Andy about this this scene last week. And, and we decided that disgusting eating sequences in film is, has to okay. be on the list. So that's okay. number one. All right. <clears throat> all uh, right number that's... two, it's a story of revolution. <laughs> Right? It's a story about a, a revolution, It's a story about uh, you know uh, um, the uh, poverty and uh, inequality and what these things uh, it sort of unlock for people, for humanity, who are you know, the subservient classes to do in terms of rising to a revolution. So we, we could potentially do revolution movies. Okay um, I think that works okay yes. since it was going to be called what once upon a time in the revolution yeah, once or upon a time yeah. the revolution yeah. yes okay. um and uh the, so i you know i don't mean to steamroll you here but i know since you no, haven't no, no. seen it I, right i haven't seen this one All right. so uh this is also a movie where james coburn uh plays he, he so I, okay first of all accents are all over the place so i have this sort of dark horse where i just want movies with the worst accents oh, that's fun okay um and but but you also have james coburn as this uh, ira terrorist who um you're a revolutionary he's a revolutionary mm-hmm. right and he is an explosives expert and so they blow a lot of stuff up and he's constantly oh. blowing stuff up and that's where the title comes from whenever he's about to blow something up he says, he says duck you sucker,
2: sucker. <laughs> that's okay. where it comes from
0: okay. and
2: well that so what explosive ex- so, so explosions? Best, yeah, best, explosions best explosions in film like... i
0: don't know uh oh,
2: oh. what do you think
0: okay.
2: no i i love that because
0: that i want to put in there for that oh you already have uh, something that's that's a sign that i think may, it might be a fun category
2: yeah, no that that and revolutionary films and then the uh <laughs> eating
0: scenes yeah disgusting eating sequences d- d- disgusting
2: okay. eating scenes okay
0: yeah well i that you works. know i feel like these are uh, pete's pet picks uh, that's for fine. next week's list but uh that works yeah all right there you go I'm excited about that, and uh, let's see what do we have going on. Um, we've got uh, you're doing when is when have you guys done hostels yet? Is that ready to be? No,
2: no, no. We're no, still no. trying to lock down a recording date. My schedule got it's thrown another wrench in the work, so we're we're working on finding a date to to get that. Um, Andy and I are um, we are planning on recording our Suspiria next Saturday after saturday matinee because oh, okay with, with everything else he's got going on that seems like a time where we can get that locked down which is why i need to get out to see it this weekend okay uh, yeah. and then
0: we've got film board coming up what in two weeks i think oh geez yeah uh, and we're doing at this point we're trying the favorite we're we still haven't yeah. I, I don't think we've locked in uh whether or not everybody's gonna be, able to, gonna be able to see it yeah yeah that so. wide release is uh is tricky um i we are doing what as i said we're moving into recording once upon a time in america that's what i have going on this week and we're both watching the extended director's cut uh what's your experience with this movie
2: uh andy and i talked about that uh earlier this week <clears throat> when i recall working in the video store in high school and i believe there were two versions there was like the theatrical cut theatrical cut I don't know it was still pretty long, but then there was there was i remember it was like two two cassettes two v h s cassettes, and i want to say it was the longer cut so for some reason there may have been video distribution back then a a slightly longer cut i don't think it was the full version uh that came out just a few years ago but i i i recall there being two versions back then uh but and I believe I saw whichever ver that, that whatever that longer version was. Um, you know, what, 40 years ago. So I don't have a lot of memory. I remember Robert De Niro and James Wood and I think Elizabeth McGovern. And that's about all I remember from this because it was an epic story. I was yeah. 17 years old and it just sort of washed
0: over me with, yeah, there was a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. It is epic. And the, the extended director's cut does add an extra, I think, 45 minutes. The thing's four hours and 18 minutes. Uh, all told. Okay. So it's, it's pretty much a, a, a British TV season. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'm going to be binging, binging that uh, this weekend. And I sort of have to think about it that way. If I think about it as one long movie, I, I just can't. I, I just can't even. It's too much. But if I think about it as, oh, I just need <laughs> to catch four episodes of Once Upon a Time in America. Oh, yeah, I can do that in a day. No problem. Uh, so I can work in more uh, every 52 minutes I get a pee break so uh, <laughs> okay uh, uh, so anyhow that's uh, that's my plan for the weekend but of course you know my wife and daughter are out of town and so my son and I have to find a time to see some movies uh, last night I introduced him to Dumb and Dumber for the first time oh okay and uh, I'm I'm just going to say as you can imagine for a 12 year old the poop scene uh, was the highlight the laxative poop scene and number two when she throws a little snow at, at Harry and Harry yeah. <laughs> there was a snowball right in her face that was number two <laughs> the rest of the movie was kind of even but those two yeah. uh, for the 12 year old crowd that was big <laughs> so uh,
1: anyhow right. that's it
0: happy Saturday that's Steve it. it's good to talk to you
1: happy Saturday Hondo